In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I invite all of the kids and teens up through the 12th grade to please come forward. already did it. <laughs> he beat me. Oh, there it is again. I hear it. That's the, that's, you know, that comes from heaven. That music right there comes from heaven. Did y'all know that? Did you know that? So uh, today's gospel reading, hi y'all. So today's gospel reading, um, talks about people who follow Jesus. How many people do you think follow Jesus? Yes, anybody? Yes, how many? How many? Huh? Huh? Half? Like how many? How many? If you had to put a number to it. A quarter of half. A quarter of all the people that were there? How many do you think? 23. 23? How many do you think? I think about 300. 357. 357? How many, Bob? Um, 12. 12? That's a really good number. That's a great number. That's one of the answers, right? And I think all of your answers were correct, too. I mean, we don't know exactly how many really followed Jesus. At some, like when he was teaching, and we're coming to that, I think, next week or maybe the week after in the gospel reading, but when Jesus was teaching on a mountain, there were like 5,000 plus people sitting there listening to him teach and preach. Like 5,000 right there. And so, yes, sir. Uh, if, no, not how many Christians there are. I just want to know how many people were following, were following Jesus at that time in the gospel. But yeah, that's a good point because Christians live or dead are still with the Lord, right? They're more alive right now in heaven those who have already gone on before us, right? So so but I would but I like the answer 12 because today's gospel has Jesus beginning to look at that banner right there, come and follow, come follow me, and then he tells them to go and make disciples of all nations. So the 12 He's beginning to call those 12 closest, in this case, men who were, who were really close to him or became close to him. What do we call those people? Do you know? Disciples. Huh? Disciples. Disciples. We're all disciples, but they even had a special name when Jesus sent them out. Followers. Uh, followers. Good, but not it. Who? Messengers of God. That's what these people do. They deliver the message that Jesus gave. No, shepherds. No. Prophets, no. Nope. Fishers, Fishers of men. Well, yes, but that's not what I'm looking for. They were apostles. The 12 apostles, apostles right? What about Paul? Well, Paul, be, Paul became an apostle after Jesus died and went into heaven. And then he was on the way to Damascus. And the Lord revealed himself. Jesus looked at, uh, came down to Paul and said, why are you persecuting me? And so Paul turned around and followed Jesus. And he 
became an apostle in that way. But the first were 12 apostles and one betrayed Jesus and they brought in another one, Matthias, right? Right? So these apostles, what was their responsibility? Why did Jesus call these 12 to him, do you think? Why? To go and make disciples of all nations, especially when he dies and is resurrected and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. He had to leave his church, which began with these apostles and all of these followers of Jesus. He had to leave his church to go and make disciples of all nations. That's what God, that's why he was, that's why he was calling people. And so today's gospel mentions four of them, Andrew and Peter and James and John, and three of those are Jesus' closest circle, James and John and Peter, his closest circle. They did everything with Jesus. The other 12 were always with Jesus too, but he really brought these three, James and John and Peter, uh, into his inner circle to really teach them something strong. And I'm not sure exactly why all of that was like that, um, but, but God knows. We don't know maybe, but God knows. And so, um, and so he's doing the same with us. That's why we're here in church today, because he's forming us as disciples. You talked about it a while ago, messengers, followers, people who follow Jesus. He's forming us right now, just like he formed those 12 apostles. But wasn't one of them um, Jesus' brother? One of, uh, well, later on, one of the 12 apostles was not Jesus' brother. But James, the brother of our Lord, was the head of the Jerusalem church later on during the time of Paul. Yeah. Got that? That makes sense? Okay. Well, think about that. Think about what God did with them and think about what God is doing with you. Every single day of your life, what God is doing with you, he's forming you to do something special for him. And it might be a one-time special or it might be an everyday special. But God, God does that. That's what God does. So pay attention. Listen to him. Okay? All right. Thank you for coming up here. You can go get a packet from Mr. Music if you want to. Except for you, choristers. Thank you, Connie. Good morning. We'll have a moment of silence for the joke that is not. Okay, good enough. So far in Epiphany season, we've traveled with the wise men of the East. We've watched John the Baptist's jaw drop open at the baptizing of the Son of God, aka his own cousin. And then we've watched as John sent his disciples to go chase after Jesus and talk with him. So today, we're going to eavesdrop on Jesus as he begins his public ministry. When we read this text, it's so easy to forget that these men, most of them, have already heard Jesus talk. In our reading last week, some of them actually went to his house and spent some time with him. And then they went back to fishing. I surmise from, the, the, from this that those who had been following John the Baptist were not in a full-time discipleship program with him since they were still leaving to go to work at whatever time fishermen went to work. I think that fishing wasn't a regular nine-to-five daytime job. 
more like a full evening shift. Fishing the Sea of Galilee was best done in the late morning, early, late evening, early morning time. So Jesus comes walking along the seashore probably very early in the morning. He may have been out spending time talking with his father and just found himself walking along there. But my guess is this particular walk was very purposeful. He's got his sights on the four men in those particular boats. So he's strolling casually. Yeah, like a teacher walks casually down the aisle toward that chatterbox in row two that is still unaware that she's been targeted. God love her. The men spot him as they're cleaning the nets from their late night task. It might be assumed they're pretty tired. Fishing as they did back then, and probably even as it is today, is hard work and a lot of quiet waiting. They see him. Maybe they even recognize him. But they're certainly not expecting what comes next. And that's what I want to focus on today. Just two words, Jesus called. And I want to talk about three levels of that call, that we are with Jesus, that we are for Jesus, and that we are in Jesus. So Jesus called, and these four men will forever be changed by those two words in ways they cannot even imagine. When Jesus calls each of us, we too cannot imagine for ourselves what that will mean. These men dropped their nets, but more than that, they dropped their livelihoods, they dropped their social lives, they dropped their families, they dropped everything to go and follow Jesus. And they did it all at once. It says in this passage, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. They were in the middle of going out again to fish. And then Jesus called. And Matthew, good old accurate to a fault Matthew, states that they immediately dropped their nets in the water without looking back to go and follow Jesus. Then Jesus, again casually, goes a little further down the shore to where James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who is maybe a well-known fisherman in those parts, they were mending the nets they had used that night. Nets were always needing mending, and mending was tedious work. But then Jesus called, and Matthew once again uses the word immediately to say they left. I can see that scene now. John and James look at each other, then they look at their father, then they look at Jesus, and there's this moment of hesitation, just a moment, as they ponder their father's reaction. 
but there's no real hesitation as to whether they will go or not. Do you think they gave Dad a big hug as they ran to join the newly formed gang? Jesus called, and the four men were caught up in a new life, one they were ill-prepared for. After all, they were fishing at this time. They were not one of those that had been called to be disciples for one of the rabbis. No, those were special boys, boys with the mental capacity to study and absorb scripture and lessons. These four men were barely educated other than in the ways of fishing. But Jesus called, and suddenly their IQ didn't matter one iota. This was the first level of the calling. They were with him. Jesus wants them to get to know who he is as a person. He talks and he eats and he acts like a normal man going through life. And they start the journey, a little apprehensive perhaps, but, and here Andrew is our best source of their thinking, knowing they have met the Messiah, even though they aren't quite sure what the Messiah is supposed to be like. The first level of calling is to come and learn who Jesus is. Spend time with him. Jesus called each and every one of you who are sitting in the pews this morning. You would not be here today had he not called you. And I am sure that each and every one of you that has responded to that call has a story about your first encounter with the Lord. Some of you were brought to Jesus just as Andrew dragged Peter to him. Some of you heard stories about him and were curious. Some of you were just brought into the circle because your family believed and you were part of the family. Whatever the case, at some point in our lives, whether it has already happened or not, we encountered or we will encounter Jesus in our own way. Not the myth or the legend, but the living Lord of all. And you will know that you have met him without a shadow of a doubt because your life will go through a change, a change that you could never imagine could happen. But there is more to come. Once these men were called, they followed Jesus and witnessed things they had never seen before. Blind men gained eyesight. Lame men went dancing off down the street. Deaf men carried on conversations with strangers. The sick were made whole again. And the demons, unbelievable. The demons were racing out of people, begging to be thrown into pigs. You can't unsee a miracle, no matter how hard you try. And this is what I would call level two of their relationship. 
They were called to a new lifestyle, a new life, where they were no longer the number one person in their lives. This man had laid a claim on them that left them without a doubt as to who he was and how far they would go to follow him. Now they were for him. When Jesus called you, what made you come? Was there a crisis in which you called out to God and he showed up? Did a friend or family member just seem so passionate about him that you had to check it out for yourself? Did you read the gospel and feel like you had just had a conversation with the real deal? Have you had that moment yet? When Jesus becomes more than just a person, when he becomes the heartbeat of your life. Can you remember that moment? I know many of us can. The funny thing is, I remember my moment very well. And I had already been a Christian for many years before that. Oh, I was still a Christian. And always had been and always will be. The difference was that I now personally knew that Jesus was real in a way that I can't even describe. He jumped out of history and into my life. Level two, I was for him. So this level two of Jesus calling us comes when he is more than just a good role model and becomes the center of our existence. He becomes someone we put our trust in wholly and choose to be with. And yes, there are those moments when we forget him and try to do our own living. And there are those moments when we try to give him pointers about how our life works in these times. And there are those times when we disagree with him over his requests for our lives. But deep down, we know who's really in charge. But maybe some of you have not come to that level yet, and that's okay but I urge you to open up your hearts and give him permission to take you to that level. It really will change your life. But there's more again to come, so much more as these men found out. There's a third level of relationship with Jesus which they grew into slowly and mostly only after he had physically left them. The final level actually began when he left them. Once again, they found themselves back on the seashore, full circle for these four, and once again they were fishing. Peter had become restless sitting around waiting for whatever it was that Jesus had told them was coming, so he went fishing. And the men just naturally followed back to something familiar. As they fished, a voice on the shore cried to them, How's the catch? They all looked up, squinting in the sun. Who was that? His figure looked so familiar, and yet... Their curiosity turned into excitement as they realized Jesus was once again with them. 
And on the shore, as they ate fish and talked with him, now remember, he had already died, and they had already had the shock of seeing him walk into that upper room. Jesus looked at all those men with such love, and then he moved them from disciples to evangelists to writers, to teachers. He knew they were ready. He knew they would do as he told them because they had reached that level in which Jesus was more than personality, more than friend, and even more than master and Lord. He was one in them as they were one in him. And he had given them all of himself and they were giving him all of themselves in return. This is the level that I aspire to reach someday, to be in him, maybe before I leave this earth, hopefully. The journey with Jesus is different for each one of us. Some of us move quickly through the levels trusting Jesus and believing him to be all we will ever need. Some of us move back and forth through the different levels, some days better than others. Some of us stay in one level for whatever reason. But all of us have one thing in common. Jesus called. If you have not answered yet, Please give Jesus that chance to be with you. It's not about the religion of it. It's about the person. It's about Jesus, the one who loves you enough to die for you. He loves you enough to die for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.